This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. my message today, and I'm going to try to be short and simple, sweet, to the point. What are we thinking about? What are we thinking about? There's a lot of scriptures in the Word that pertains to our thinking, our thinking pattern. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, for as a man thinks, In his heart, so is he. For as a man thinks, that man is referring to male and female. I like to say it this way. For as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. Now I want that to take root here for a few moments because... It's so easy to bypass or read the scripture and then just move on and bypass and go to the next one. But I want you to hear what the author is saying here. As you think what you think about, that's what you become. If you're thinking always on what you don't have, then you will always not have. Because the the author says here, he says, whatever you think about is what you become. That's a very powerful passage of Scripture. I really believe this morning that if we believe that Scripture, we would think differently For the benefit of our lives obtaining what we would like to have. I'm sure you're like me. We've been around people just in conversation. And it doesn't take long before you realize what they have. Because they're going to tell you what they have by what they think. If a person has poverty thinking, that person's going to have poverty. If that individual has a prosperous mentality, that's what that person will become, very prosperous. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, (laughs) because the scripture says what you think about It's what you become. This is a very profound passage of Scripture for people of God. It's my desire as a pastor to allow the word to go forth that will challenge and stimulate and cause growth In our lives. Spiritually. Physically. And financially. 
leaders lead by example. And in order to bring your family or your friends, your co-workers, to bring them into a dimension of where you are spiritually, physically, or financially, then it's imperative that you think on those things. If you want your children saved, born again, worshiping and serving God, then you have to think on those things. You say, well, if I'm thinking on those things, then I'm thinking that's it's really not for me because how will I benefit? Because if I'm thinking about the salvation of my children, I'm already born again. I already receive salvation in my heart. How does that benefit? Because when you're thinking on the salvation for loved ones or your, or your family members or even people on the job, when you're thinking on those things, you become that vein or that source of salvation to be, you're a conduit that brings that ability into those family members. Are you following me? Because it's what you think is what you become. If you're thinking of salvation for your family members, then your thinking has become salvation. And you begin to take on the mentality of salvation. And so when that opportunity rises, you don't have to try to be um, forceful with salvation. You don't have to uh, you don't have to try to be overbearing because salvation is love. That's what God is. So all of a sudden now you have become love. You're dwelling on this. You're dwelling on a new life. You're dealing, you're dealing with and thinking of salvation. You're dealing with the fact that it's not just salvation of getting saved, but it's what comes with it. It's what's in the package of salvation. That's what you're becoming. And you know, I, when the Lord began to deal with me in this, I'm thinking, well, Lord, that seems very elementary. It is very elementary, but the problem we have today, it seems that we're so interested in hearing from God of this unknown, or I want to hear something new. I want to hear some new revelation, some new prophecy. When reality is, we just need to get to the basis of what God has done for us. Our churches are drying up. Pastors are leaving the field of ministry because they become frustrated. And our members of our churches across the country have become frustrated because they're always looking for a, I want a now word. I want a revelation. I want a this. And I want to see the Spirit of God move. God won't move until He moves in you and I. 
And in order for Him to move in you, it's you've got to think like He thinks. Because you are His hands. You are His mouth. And you are His eyes. So let's get back to the basics. Keep it simple. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And when Christ is in you, it puts the hope of the glory of God in others. And boy, we need to get back to that. You see, but that's so simple. It is so simple, but so profound. We are what we think. So I ask you today, what do you think about? If all you're thinking about is, how am I going to pay the bills? (laughs) That... You're always going to be thinking on how am I going to pay the bills? You know, God is looking for us to have a a heart transplant. (laughs) Transplant our heart. Take away the stony heart and put a heart of flesh. You see, because the heart of flesh will take this word and receive it. And not just receive it, but it will bear fruit. And that's what we're talking about this morning, the fruit that we're going to bear. I know in Matthew, uh, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, it says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you see, when you're thinking right, you're speaking right. I want to say that again. When you're thinking right, you're speaking right. Again, it's so imperative. That we had the right thoughts. In Matthew chapter 12. In verse 33. It says either make the tree good. Referring to you and I. We're the tree. And I hope this morning. That we're the tree of life. Not death. But it says either make the tree good. Or else make the tree corrupt. And his fruit. Corrupt. For the tree is known. It's fruit. What people see in you and I is fruit that's being born, and they're looking for something that is good. They're looking for, uh, you know, when when Kelly and I go over to the orange, uh, what do they call the peach place there in, in Clanton? Man, they have some of the best peach ice cream. It's just like they had just picked the peach off the tree and mixed it together in some, in some whatever they call it and made ice cream out of it, peach ice cream. Well, the reason the peaches are good is because there's something involved in growing the tree or growing the peach so that it is good. They have to do something to the tree. They don't just set it out there and say, okay, go. You grow and... And produce a good... No, they have to do stuff to it. My mom enjoyed plants. I'll never forget one day I came home from school. I thought mom had lost it. She was talking to a plant. Now, when you're a young teenager and you see your mom talking to a plant, you really will think, wow. Wow. Mom must not have anybody to talk to. And I was convinced she was always talking to me 
she was always correcting me. And when Kelly was talking about how the Lord disciplines those he loves, I think, boy, my mom must have loved me big time. Because she put on a lot of love discipline in my life. But mom would talk that plant. And I began to realize that she says, no, she said, you know what? These plants are alive. And I'm talking to them. And, and, you know, and she would play, she would play music. She would play her gospel music. And she'd say, you know, those plants are going to grow and boy, they're going to do good. And they did. And she was either talking to them, telling them how good they were. You're going to produce and you're going to grow up and be so beautiful. You know. A lot of children today sure need to hear us adults tell them how beautiful they are. You know, if I had it to do all over again, I would make a lot of changes in trying to be a father to my children. But there's one thing I would do. I would learn how to speak love languages to them and tell them how good they are and how wonderful they're going to be. But you see, when I was growing up and trying to provide a living, my mind wasn't on those things. I'm making a point here. If my mind had been thinking on those things about how I needed to be, how I needed to raise them, then I would have raised them different. You and I have an opportunity, if you're at my age now, to begin to instill into the grandchildren. And if you're here today and you have children, your parents... You don't have grandchildren yet. Listen, whether you have children or not, you still need to be instilling in them the goodness of God. How good they are. You say, well, you don't, you, you, you don't know some of these kids. Listen, the reason a lot of the times they are the way they are is because they haven't been told what they can, can be and how good they can be. <clears throat> and I'll move off of that because that might be a soapbox. So in order to bear good fruit in our life, we must have godly thinking. So we must think like God thinks. And that takes me to this passage of Scripture. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Be ye transformed. Boy, this is a powerful... In fact, you could uh, a, a minister probably could stay on this for at least three or four Sundays. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Have you ever been around someone and as they were talking, they seemed to use a lot of the word of God? They weren't, they weren't um, overbearing with it. They weren't like in your face with it. But it just seemed like what they talked about was the love of God, the goodness of God. They used scriptures. That individual probably was spending time in God's word. The greatest opportunity given to you or the greatest uh, compliment. That's the word I'm looking for. The greatest compliment that could be given to you is for someone to say about you, boy, they really know the word of God. And number two, they live the word of God. They live the word of God. Well, how do you live the word of God? You have to get into the word. And it says, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, says, Let this mind, the mind of Christ, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, 
I love to quote this scripture because it gets real good here. Who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. I know what you're thinking. Pastor Ron, there's no way I could be equal with God. Well, you know, when you're speaking the word of God, that's what he did. Think about how he chose his words. He said, let there be light. And there was. And he made us after the image and likeness of him. So he's saying to you, in the dark world you live, where there's darkness and chaos, he's saying to you, would you please be my mouth? In the world you're in? And would you create that world by saying, let there be light? And it was. See, we are limiting and living beneath our privileges. We're living way beneath our privileges. And we're limiting what Jesus Christ died on the cross for. To bring you and I into a relationship with him. So you and I can take the same words that he has spoken and say them ourselves and get the same results. That's powerful. Well, how do we do that? Well, we have to start thinking like God. And how do we think like God? We get into the word, we find out what he says. And that's why he says, let this mind, the what, the what, what mind? The mind of Christ. Let it be in you. You get it there by studying the word of God. By meditating. Isn't it amazing how people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get an education, to get a piece of paper with their name on it, so they can hang it on a wall that says, I have this knowledge so they can make a living when God has given us a book for free. You didn't have to, when you go to college, you got to buy your books. Amen? He gave us this book. I don't think my wife paid more than $25, $30, $40, $50, whatever. It's a cheap book as far as the cost. But what she bought for me and gave to me for me to study will outperform if I use it, if I study it, if I acquire this knowledge and put it into practice, I will have more than any diploma that anyone could get. And it doesn't matter how many doctors or whatever above my name. I have a Bible that doesn't even have my name on it. But if I study it, start thinking like the author, and I start saying what the author says, I can have more. The, the, there's no limit to what I can have. Spiritually, physically, financially. Oh, you're saying, Pastor, now, oh, you don't believe all of that, do you? Oh, yes, I do. 
Why would I not? When I just got through reading to you, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think poverty, you're going to have poverty. If you think wealth, you're going to have wealth. But it's not just in thinking it, but you have to not only think it, but you have to speak it. The same God that said, let there be light, has given you and I his power, his authority. Jesus said, I'm giving you a, a power of attorney to use my name. So that you can say what you want instead of saying what you have. So you can do, what did we say in the beginning when we were using the Bible? So you can do what he says you can do. So you can have what he says you can have. And I love that because he didn't narrow this down to just people with a high education. He didn't just narrow this down to people who seem to be born with a silver spoon in their mouth. He didn't. He narrowed it down to you and I. To everyone. To his children. Who call him Lord. Who get in this. Well, but pastor, I, I really don't have time to spend in the word. Can I be real honest with you? You don't have time not to. You can always tell how far <laughs> I've stopped preaching, started meddling. You can always tell how far people want to go in life, how much they want to do and obtain and fulfill in their life by how much time they spend in this. Oh, but pastor, I don't have time. Stay where you are because that's where you're going to be. 20 years from now, unless you get into this, you're still going to be where you are right now, 20 years later. If there was any advice I could have been given when I was growing up, it would have been that I can have and do and be what this says. I can have, do, and be. I'm not taking away from the, <clears throat> from the men and women that I grew up in in the church that that shared their heart, that shared Jesus Christ, that preached the gospel, that sang the songs and led us into worship. I really believe they were doing all they knew how to do. I want you to hear that. I believe they have, were doing all they knew. But ladies and gentlemen, the time has come when Kelly said a while ago in, in reference to the tithing, she made the comment that it seems like this might have been kind of difficult to share. It might have been, it, you know, it was a reproof. It was, it was kind of getting in your face. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think what's happened in this country is so many people are just wanting their ears tickled. I can't tickle your ears and be faithful and expect God to bless my life unless I tell you what I know. And not just what I know, ladies and gentlemen, 
the what I have walked out. You see, I can only take you where I've been. I can't take you where I haven't been. But I have been in this word and I've experienced that God will let me be and do and have what he said I can do and be and have because it became a reality. And I want to take you there. Spiritually, physically, and financially. You know, I heard a man say one time, he says, you know, your job is where you work at is only going to take you as far as the man or the woman that owns that company has the ability to take that company. Did you hear that? I've, I've heard people say, well, you know, uh, I'm going to stay with this job because uh, I want to move up the ladder and they want to move up maybe to 25 or $30 an hour. I say, well, how far can you go? Well, I think that's it. I think that's the top of the pay scale. And so what we do is we get this thought pattern in our mind that if I can just reach that, I'll be happy. But if that's as far as you want to go, so be it. But if that pay scale is only going to allow you to pay your bills and not be a blessing, then you're not only limiting yourself, but you're limiting others that could be blessed by your ability to go beyond that pay scale. You see, God wants to bring you and I spiritually, physically, and financially into a place to where life offers us the opportunity to be a blessing Amen. to people. Amen. So oftentimes we just think on the realm of, but you see, Pastor, I'm comfortable here. I'm, I'm comfortable here. You know, Pastor, I went to school. I got my education. I got my degree. I'm doing my job. I'm just going to be happy with status quo. I'm just going to be happy with where I am. And that's the problem. That's the problem. Because unless you're growing, you're not standing still. You're actually going backwards. Well, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay where I am because I got benefits. <laughs> Those benefits could leave. I don't know if you've looked around lately or if you've watched any kind of television. But the country called the United States of America is in a mess. And if you think, if you actually think that you are going to be in a position a few years down the road to still obtain what you think you're going to get, you need an eye-opening experience. You need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, your hope and everything that you have could go down the tube. But with God, he will sustain you. Because then, and, and, and listen, we don't want to wait until that happens. You want to be in the position to where 
your, your ship is still afloat. And it's still got a breeze blowing the sails when everybody else's boat has stopped. <clears throat> and they're living on, by gosh, hopes and maybes. Well, you know, I heard that message. I heard that message about getting in the Word and, and start knowing what God wants for my life and, and, and start speaking these words for my life and over my life and over my family. I heard about that, but I just wasn't sure if it works. I'm just not sure if it works. You know why most of the time they think that way? Because they're not seeing enough of you and I. I'm not being critical, but this is the truth. They're not seeing enough of this God that we're talking about, you and I, demonstrating what this word says we can do, have, and be. Look at most of the people in the country today. They're still looking for something to happen. They're trying to put men in office that I hope we can get this one in and to change the world. When God said, I've done everything I need to do, I've placed it, my power, my authority in you, you change. You change your world. I love what I heard a minister say on television here a while back. He says, if I don't like the world I live in, I change it. I create my world and I walk in it. Do you know that God has given us the power to create the world we want to live in and to walk in it? He really has. And if we believe that, then let's don't settle for status quo. Let's begin to put it into motion, put it into action so others can be drawn to you and I, our lifestyle, physically, spiritually, financially, so they can say, I don't know what they got. I don't know where they're getting it from, but I want it. The world is spending mass fortunes on buying materials and tapes and education and everything they can get their hands on so that they can obtain something, some kind of a life. And to think that you and I have got it in a book no thicker than that, you don't have to have any other, that alone will do it. You can be, do, and perform just like God, your Father, who created... Can I tell you, you have His genes in you. You have His DNA. And think about it for a minute. Did Jesus walk around wondering, well, I just wonder what we're going to have to lunch for lunch today. Wonder what we're going to have... I got tickled. I got tickled when I thought about this because it was, I was thinking about it in my message and what I was going to say... I called Kelly yesterday or something. I said, well, what are we having for dinner? And, and the Lord said, yeah, that's one of them questions you was going to throw out, wasn't it? What you going to have? Isn't, that, isn't, there, isn't that ironic that, that we think on the realm of, well, I wonder what's going to have for dinner. I wonder what we're going to have next. And it's like the Lord said, listen, live in the moment. And it's like... It's like the Lord just spoke to me. He says, well, what do you want for dinner? Listen to that. We're always asking God, what about this, God? And God, I need this and I need that. Wouldn't it be unique if God just turned to you and said, well, what do you want? 
What would you like? When she told me what she were, we were having for dinner, it was, I, she said, well, I'm going to have lasagna. I went, oh, that sounds good. But if she had, start, if she had said, well, I've really been busy all day, and I don't have anything cooked, I was going to tell her what I was going to have. I was going to say to her, <clears throat> Miss Teresa, the wharf is just down the road. I can just taste that shrimp. I'm making y'all hungry. Yeah. Yeah. I was fixing to tell her what I want. But she did bring in a real good, a, a, a good sound. She said lasagna with with that, with that garlic bread. And I'm thinking, oh, yes. Honey, I'm on my way home. God wants you to come to the place where you choose how your life is going to be. Spiritually, physically, and financially. He's already given you that ability to choose. But he wants you to choose the life that he died for. A life flowing, a land, and living in a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm not talking about a natural land here. I'm talking about in the spiritual realm. Flowing with milk and honey. You know what? The, the children of Israel had such a difficult time when they crossed over Jordan. They didn't know how to live. They didn't know how to deal with that kind of lifestyle. Man, they had more than they'd ever seen before. They started living in places and eating off the land. They never eat like this before. They never lived like this before. Well, I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You might, might want to get real good at enjoying the good life. Spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally. Because when you get to heaven, do you think it's going to be a dreary place? Do you think it's going to be a life of lack? Do you think that, do you think there's going to be a lot of doom and gloom? Do you think you're going to have to wonder how you're going to pay the electric bill when you get there? Or how you can make a car payment? A house payment? Being able to walk along and just touch somebody and watch them get healed because you've been studying the scriptures of healing? You say, Pastor Ron, it sounds like it's all a fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. That's what we've been preached to for years. It's all going to be good when we get there. We've been, been preached on how to live here, heaven on earth. And I'm trying to tell you, that, ladies and gentlemen, he said that my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I wanted to ask you a question. How is it in heaven? Well, you say, well, I've never been there. But don't the Bible tell you what heaven's like? And he says, I want you to take this heaven that I died for. I died to bring heaven on earth. But it only works through you. I, you are my eyes, my hands, and my feet, and my mouth. It's got to be done by you. And I'm asking you, congregation, what are you waiting for? You waiting to see somebody jump around and do a holy dance? Well, I did it. The choice is yours. You say, well, Pastor, 
That's, that's hard to take this morning. Whatever happened to hellfire and brimstone preaching? Well, they sat under that, and a whole lot of people went to heaven because they got scared out of hell. Or the hell scared out of them. Well, I'm trying to preach heaven into us. Heaven on earth. And by my God, it's time we live this way. And quit letting the world show you their God. I'm ready to show the world my God. My God. Because with my God, nothing is impossible. But with their God, it is. It always depends on them. Their ability to get a little more education so they can get a little bit more money. And God says, you get into me, I'll give you more than you can ever count. I'll give you a life spiritually far greater than you ever imagined. I'll make your body healthy and you'll live long and strong when they're taking a buttload of pills to try to stay alive. Excuse me for saying it that way, but I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, after a while, this thing called the glory of God gets a hold of you. This thing called the kingdom of God gets inside of you and begins to build, and you get to where you don't care anymore what the world thinks, because I am not, I repeat, I am not of this world. Hallelujah! I'm not. I have royal blood flowing through my veins. I'm a son of the most high God. And what he says is mine is mine. And what he said Ron Whistnan can do, I can do. And what he said Ron Whistnan can be, I can and will be. Not for Ron's glory, but for the glory of the man who created me in his image and his likeness. Hallelujah. I'm trying to close. Praise God. If you've been watching online, if you're watching here, say, well, I want that God good. I want you to have that God. I want that Jesus in you. I want you to quit living beneath your privileges. I want you to begin to walk in the light as he is the light. I want you to experience the, the life that he says, life and more abundant, that he died on the cross for. If you're watching today online, you're in here in this building today, and you don't know this Jesus that I've been preaching about today, I've been preaching to a Jesus that can and will, wants to make your life a life, happy spiritually, physically, and financially. If you don't know it, you pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent. I ask you to come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In fact, I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you just got born again. You say, preacher, that's simple. Yes, Jesus is very simple. He's very simple. There's two things you can do in life. Ecclesiastes. He talked about all the things of God and all the things he had experienced, but he came down and said this at the very end. He said, if you'll just love God and do what he says, you'll have a good life. I said, if you'll love God and do what he says, you'll have a good life. Do what he says, you'll have a good life. (laughs) I can't get away from that. 
do what he says, and you'll have a good life. Well, if you got saved, I want you to contact the church. I've never been real good at this. Sometimes I'm thinking, I need to let Kelly do this. She's so good. She's so sweet. She's so kind. She says, I want you to come and contact the church, and, and I want you to let us know. Uh, you know, there's something in me. I guess it's the man in me that says, if you got saved, you need to tell us you did. It's kind of like the dad with the boys, you know, growing up. Boy, <laughs> you need Jesus. You got Jesus? Good. He'd go over there and shake his hand. Good, I'm glad you got saved. You needed it. You've been, a, you've been worrying your mama. Now you're saved. Good. That's why we need women, because they can mother call us and make us nice and sweet. Yes, baby, you got saved. Well, if you did get saved, you're online, you're watching. If she hadn't cut me off yet, and if she has, I'm not surprised because I'm getting wound up. But I tell you, if you have received Jesus, if you prayed that prayer with me, I'm asking you to contact the church and let us know we have some literature for you. If you're in here today and you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to let us know. And me or Kelly or one of the altar workers know we've got something to give you. And I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> if you become part of this church family, we've got more than a card to give you. We've got Jesus to give you. We've got lots of love. Thank you for letting me share my heart with you all this morning. I didn't intend to be so harsh. But maybe... Maybe the month of February is the heart of love. It's Valentine's. I'm just loving on you. I know you're thinking, well, boy, if that's love, I sure don't want you to be angry with me. But I'm going to tell you what I do love. I love you enough. I want you to know the truth. Because it's the truth what will make you free. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.